Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The guy that's stopping by for conversation on the drink today is a Super Bowl champ. He's a five-time Pro Bowler. He's a two-time NFL rushing touchdown leader, a two-time Pro, uh, two-time Pro Bowl player. He's a member of the 2010 All-Decade ten Team. He's an entrepreneur, entertainment superstar, TV personality, actor, national treasure. He's here just so he doesn't get fined. Beast mode, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn, we got to talk about Super Bowl 49. Oh, shit. Oh, you're getting right. R- R- Russ come on there in one knee because Russ will get down on one knee when he in the huddle. And you hear the play because you're on the one-yard one line, Marshawn. You're on the one-yard line. Russ in the huddle. And he's calling out the play. What's going through your mind? Shit, I to be honest, I look at I look at uh, uh nine of the other guys and they look at me like, what the fuck just happened? And I mean, you know, at the time, even even as he's calling the play in the huddle, because they look, you got one yard. We got the man that just, we we got. We got beast mode. We got 225, 35 pounds <laughs> sledgehammer. What's happening? And we got a timeout. So if we don't get it. What's happening? If we don't get it on this first, second down, we're going to get it on third. We're going to get it on fourth. We're going to get this ball in there. What's but B's got to touch it. B's got to have it. What's happening? Man, the, 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 look on, the look on all my teammates facing the huddle, you know, it, it spoke volumes. <laughs> And I mean, you know, processing the shit. If you go back and you look at the play, I actually lined because I'm shit. I'm processing. I line up on the wrong side. <laughs> I line up on the wrong side, man. Russell got to tell. You, I'm bouncing from back and forth behind, like, oh shit. And by the time it sat in, like, motherfucker, what what, what did we just call? You just hear all the cheering from the other sideline, like. What the fuck? So you didn't know what you didn't know you didn't know Malcolm Butler had picked the ball off. <laughs> Man, ah, cause I they sent me on a flat. Yeah, you were away. Yeah. Are you feel me? I all I'm, I'm running out there like shit. Well, at least you're gonna hit me in the flat. Yeah, yeah. And I get my head around 
Yeah. He ain't tackling you one on one. What the fuck going? On? Like what's what happened? I don't back see there? no ball coming on. All right, and see the motherfuckers jumping up and down and cheering like. Oh shit! He just threw a pick. And at that time, you know, it was a lot of shit going on. You know what I mean? So as you walking off the field, oh, man. the defense is coming on the oh, field. My God. So was there any interaction? Did anybody say anything? Did the defense say, man, what the F was that? Uh, Wait, who, who called that bull I mean, job? Now that we look back at it, you see everybody, you know, they show the reaction. Yeah. Too. I mean, you see the reaction. Sherm, Earl, Bruce, you know what I mean? The D-line, all the... You see the reaction from everybody, and then as I'm going back to the sideline, uh, you know, <laughs> I go by Russ, and I just hear him like, oh, man, like, I'll get him next time. Whoa, 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 whoa. And as, I'm he- as I hear the shit, I don't really, I usually don't take my helmet off, but, you know, I take my helmet off, and I go right to Pete Curl's face, and I'm talking about I hit his ass with the biggest. <laughs> you laughed in his face? And at that point, shit, I'm about my shit. I go to the locker room. I'm out. Be, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, tell hold on. Beast mode. I don't even see all the shit going on. I don't see none of the shit. I don't see the. I don't see the last few plays. Where they they, where they getting the scuffling and they pushing and shoving. You was already that. gone. I'm in the no fucking. Uh, you in the locker room. I'm in the locker room. So by the time they come to the locker room, that you probably already drilled. It was Arizona. I think I ran in the uh, in the uh. Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> the- oh, shit. Yo. Hey, what's up, man? Looking like, don't you got a game? Oh, yeah, that shit over. <laughs> you know, like, hey, call my mama and uh, call the family. Hey, come on. We, we back to the spot. All right. Go in there, get dressed. Go shower, get dressed. And as I'm coming out, now you see everybody else coming in. Oh, I mean, I holler at you. I'll holler at y'all when you get back to the What ha- Why? Why didn't they give you that ball? Why did Daryl Bevel call a pass play? Why did Pete Carroll not overrule him? What happened? Did they not want you to get that MVP? Man, I have no idea. And from the, 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 the understanding I got is nobody taking accountability for it. Neither one of them. They put it off on each other. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know what the fuck they Who, got going Dar- on. Hold up. Russ put it off on Pete. Pete put it off on Russ. Nah. Or was it coordinator the head coach? Nah, coordinator and head coach. They pass it back to each other from from that's when they talking to me. So right. I don't know how I play. But at at the end of the day, yeah, that shit was, you know, that shit was was painful. Cause you gotta think, like, no matter what, in any sport you play, what you do, especially now running back. Saying, okay, you you when you a little jit, you set up, you know, pillow here, pillow here, chair here, yeah, I mean, maybe a lamppost here. Like, oh, okay, and then you start going. It's the 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 end of the game. One more play. Uh, uh, the quarterback hand the ball off to Marshawn. He jumping in his own touchdown. You oh the the Oakland Raiders win the Super Bowl. I'm a Raider fan. I'm from right. Oakland, California. So you know, you put it together. You put that play together so many times. You you play that you play that so many times, so not only did they take a uh, you know they a took ring, a moment away from you they took a moment they took a a, a dream, wow. 
You know what I mean? That's a, I guess say that's once in a lifetime situation. Have you gotten over it? Uh, to be honest with you, now now that you know we at ten years, we had a ten year reunion for the Super Bowl, and just thinking like, damn, we could have been doing this again next year. Next year, and there's no telling. Like, you know, you took a dream away, you took a moment away, you arguably took take a dynasty. Away. You take a dynasty away. You know what I mean? Because then you you know you in position that hey, we win two Super Bowls, maybe I don't want to be the highest paid corner or the highest paid safety or the highest paid receiver. No, spread that cheese through the whole team so we could bring everybody back and we could go try to do three, maybe four. Let's see what we could get out of it. So, I mean, you know, not only do you, you know, you you take away all that shit, but, you know, you put us in the, <laughs> in the history books as the dumbest call in football history. And then, I mean, you know, for my situation on on the other end of it, you know what I mean? It's going to be an everlasting question that I'm going to get. Why they ain't give they the ball? Your, is, that, is that the question that you get asked the most? If When people meet Marshawn Lynch and mo- everybody knows who you are, is that the first question out of, they're like, hey, how you doing, Marshawn? Man, why they ain't give you that ball? Hell no. It ain't no, hey, Marshawn, how you doing? It's, hey, why the fuck they didn't give you the ball? <laughs> hey, is you Marshawn Lynch? You look just like Marshawn Lynch, like... No, I ain't Marshawn Lynch. Oh, my bad. I, I didn't mean to ask you that. I thought you was Marshawn Lynch. Because I was going to say, man, why, if you was Marshawn Lynch, why the fuck they didn't give you the ball? <laughs> uh, I, no, I'm Marshawn. Man, why the fuck they didn't give you the ball? Like, oh, shit. Uh, fuck, I don't know, man. Shit, I I wish I did know. I wish, I like, I wish I could get, you know, the truthful answer right. behind that. But, but is there any answer he could give you now to satisfy you? I mean, at this point, I wouldn't know. I, now that it's been so much time in between, it, it probably wouldn't even matter. I, because, you know, every, you, I've heard all the cons- – everybody says, well, they didn't want Beast Mode to be the MVP. Pete wanted it to be that. Russ, or the NFL wanted it to be Russ. I and, heard that. Uh, Whatever the case may be. But it doesn't make sense. I mean, to the, I played the game for a long time. It doesn't make sense to me. I got 235-pound sledgehammer back there. And I'm gonna throw a pass on the one yard line. Yeah, it, do, it just don't make sense. You almost scored on the play before. You ran it down to the one. You damn right. Yeah, you know I mean, so I realistically, like, man, when I when I think about it, I'm in a position to where, you feel me? I don't get, you know, upset, right. or frustrated with it, but more so curious, like, you know, because then you, you know, you got all the possibilities. Did they not want you to be the? Right, the, the the Super Bowl MVP. Because if you Super Bowl MVP, then you the face of the NFL. They don't want you know want that to be the case or whatever. But at that, and when they have point, special occasions, they bring all Super Bowl winners back, and they out there. Let me ask you this: How long did it take you to get over not getting the ball? Mm. You know what? Realistically, it was immediately. Because the thing is. If you go and ask anybody that ever played with me, they'll tell you, like, he really, like, play for the team type shit. Right. So it was a part of me who wanted to be selfish, like, give me the ball type shit. But at the end of the day, knowing the work that all these individuals put in, you know what I mean? If Locke catch that ball, that's my nigga. So you feel me? Right. I'm, I'm happy for him. But in the grand scheme of just football, that shit don't make no sense. Right. But as far as, you know what I mean? Because I'll never come 
and intentionally be no hater towards nobody, but just certain shit makes sense and certain shit don't. That just don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a good football. It's not. It's not a football decision. It's not good football IQ. On now that I'm thinking about it, it's not. Was that the play that ended the Seattle Seahawks? Most definitely. And they suffering it from still to this day. Because I did, I had a podcast at the time called Mild Enough, and I went on the next. I went on that Monday, and I said they'll never be the same. I said they won't look at Pete the same. I said they realize what because a lot of teams win one in a row. To be right. special, you went back to back Super Bowls because there've been so few that have done it. Mm-hmm. I said they will never believe in Pete the same way again. And it's like you know, what I mean, like when a when a dolphin get that first high, they they you going ch- chase that. You chase that. You search for that. You called chase chasing it. the drag. Chase that motherfucker. And now you got a situation where I believe where you look at it like that motherfucker is almost like. He's trying to chase and rebuild that team that he had rather than moving forward and letting the guys that he got be the guys. Yeah, you're not going to do that. You're not going to get a Sherm. I mean, you got a Sherm. You got a rookie Sherm and an Earl Thomas and a Cam Chancellor. And, you know, you got B-Wags and you got KJ and you got uh, Bennett and you got Averill and you got Red. I mean, bro, you're not going to recreate that. You're not. But as long as you chasing that and you not building these individuals be the to be the greatest player that they can be, you're gonna keep on, you know, repeating history. Because he got some guys who I believe can play. Right. But if you got in your mind that you want you gonna recreate your guy that to be a Michael Bennett or you got your guy, you want him to be a Marshawn or like, nah, you can't do that. But the thing is, if you go in and groom that guy to be the best him, then they probably give yourself a, a, better, a chance. better chance. You feel me? Because they got some dudes over there who I really, you know what I mean? I, you get that I, one. I like. Yeah. You know what I mean? But as long as in their mindset, they trying to get him to, to be the goddamn 2013 uh, Seahawks. What was, your, what was your relationship with Pete like? And are there any similarities between John Gruden and Pete Carroll? Mm. But what was your relationship like with Pete? My relationship with Pete was was uh, interesting <laughs> because I mean the thing is like I like Pete as a coach because he get motherfuckers ready to go. Yeah, that's the truth. And yeah, like, you feel me? And he the same way every day. But there was just certain things about Pete, like you know I mean, he was broad, like really, oh, da, da, da. yeah. And I, you know I mean, like for me, I don't I don't need that right to get going. That's why I said he like a high school coach on Sunday. Yeah, uh, we play Sunday. Right? Oh, we got two. We got Thursday night game. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Let me know when the game is, and I'm gonna be ready. All right. the extra shit, I don't. I don't need it. Right. I don't need all of that to get ready to get to go. But a lot of guys can feed into that, and I seen it, and it worked. Right. So you feel me? I never like, never go against the grain like. Oh, fuck him and this, that, and the third. Because, no, he's a great motivator and get motherfuckers ready. But it was just that I didn't need that. And I don't think he understood, like, where I was coming from. That I don't need to be ha, 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 and hoo, 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 and all that in order to be ready. And, you know, I believe he wanted me to be a part of that type of environment. But that just wasn't my speed. So that kind of got us to 
you know what I mean, headbutting a little bit for the misunderstanding. But the thing was, I always told him, like, man, I ain't going to never go against the ground. I ain't going to never tell nobody not to, you know what I mean, listen to what you got going on. But that shit just not for me. So, you know what I mean, if you're going to be having meetings or whatever, you know what I mean, we came to an understanding. If we having a meeting and you not telling me specifically, like, Marshawn, on this play, we need you to do X, Y, and Z, then, you know, I'm probably not going to come to that meeting. Because I, you know, I know what you're gonna be in there doing. You're gonna be in here high, high, and busting jokes and doing all the funny shit. And yeah, you know I mean, I, I'm I'm ready to play football. So when it comes down to that, then let me know. Once we got that understanding, you you were cool. Yeah. And the guy that's stopping by for conversation, no drinking today, is uh, Emmy Award winner, comedian, actor, voice actor, writer, producer, musician, director, author. Been in the industry almost 40 years. A friend mm-hmm. of mine, Tommy Davidson. Me and um, um, Will had a run-in. Yeah, well, you, yeah, Todd, you try, yeah, yeah. try to put his wife in a lip yeah, lock. Yeah, yeah, ay, ay, ay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't find out that for 15 years because he never told me that. See, he came, into the, he came into the trailer and I was sitting down, right? He's standing over me like this. And he's like, I don't appreciate that, man. I don't appreciate that. And I'm like, well, what you talking about? I always know. To play it off. Right. You know what I mean? It's tone. Well, I'm sitting down. So, hold on. This was 15 years later? Or was it? No, this was then. then and then okay. I didn't find out why. Right. Okay. Okay. I was asking okay. him why then, but he right. wouldn't say nothing. Right. Right. And I'm going, what's going on, man? Tell me what's happening, man. And since he was standing. Yeah. And I was sitting. I was a real nice fella. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's about physics. Right. 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 So I'm like, you know, oh, man, what's going on, man? I mean, hey, man. He's like, I don't appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? And Jada's going, Will, Will, I'm saying, but um, I mean, what, what's happening, man? Now, yeah. you tell me what's happening. Hmm? Hmm? You know when a dude does yeah. this. But he's about to bottom lip. Mm-hmm. He about to do something bad. He might do something, me. right? So, I'm, so I'm like, you know, I did, the, I did the whole, you remember the snake? Yeah. I did the snake. Well, well, what, you know, and got up. Right. And then I was like, you know, so what are you talking about, man? And I was still in that posture. So you didn't really know what he was actually talking I about. I didn't, did. but I know what he was doing. Right. So I was like, come on, man. I mean, what's up? Just tell me what's up. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know what's up. You know what's up? So finally I just said, this is a small place and people are here. You want, we should talk about it. Right. Me and you outside because it right. looks like you're going to need to get something off okay. your chest. Right. right. And then Jada was like, oh, no, no, no. No, no, y'all. No, y'all. And I was like, what do you mean, no, nah, y'all? Tell him. Tell him. And that was the end of that. Right. You see? Right. And I never knew. It wasn't until my book came out right. years later right. where I counted that as one of the things that really bothered me and hurt me right. bad because I didn't know and I look up to him and I love him to death. So you really you know I mean? didn't know why he was upset. I you really, had no earthly idea no earthly that it was idea. because of an on-screen kiss or attempt to kiss no. or what was going on. No. You know, but I didn't know why when I was taking the subway up with my cousin uptown to the Bronx, I didn't know why... And we 14 and, and why these 19, 18, 20 year olders on the other side of the train are looking at us going, what? Hmm? What? We'll bust your ass. What? I ain't know that neither. Right. But I still was like, huh? Right. You know, waiting for that damn. So hot. Yeah. So hot. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. 
a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So 15 years later, how did you find out? This is how I found out. I put it in the book, you know, and um, I found out about literature. You can't put something in a book about somebody right. unless they sign off on it. Right. Oh. Right. So I was like, uh, you know, and I didn't want to put stuff like that in the book anyway. Right. But I was trying to be real honest about right. my experiences so I can show that you can go through anything and still be successful. Right. And still be a good person. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I was able to do that. But it's not easy, right. you know? But you can do it, right? right? So I went to his best friend, Charlie Mack. You know Charlie Mack? I, I remember the song. Charlie Mack, Everywhere man. we go Who downtown to a show, we have yeah. two necessities, Charlie Mack and the limo. Right. Well, that's like Charlie Mack. You're going to see him at every game. Mm -hmm. If it's the Super Bowl, it's a, if, it's a, if it's the Kentucky Derby, you're going to see Charlie Mack. And that's Will's best friend. Right. So I called Charlie. 
And I said, Charlie, um, what you think about this? He said, Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll cool, cool, and, and Jada cool too. Just, just give me the quote, and I, I sent it to him, and and, 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 and they'll call you. They call you, huh? I sent it to him. They called me. Him and Jada. She said, They said, Yeah, go ahead and put that in there. Go ahead and put that. And what I put was that I, I that I thought. In the book, I thought the only thing that could be possible was the producers came to my trailer right when we were on the last scene. It was a kissing scene. Right. And they said, the kissing scene's now, not later on tonight. We got to do that now. And I said, but I haven't rehearsed with Jada. That's the most important rehearsal that you can ever have. Right. You put your lips on a female on screen. Right. And so, and I was like, we never got a chance to work that right. out. You can make it look real if right. she's working with you and right. everything, right? Without kissing, right? Right. And so, I said, I can't do that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. They said, well, we'll ask her. So they went and came back. She said, just go for it. And even then, I was like, I ain't just gonna go for it, you know. But I know I have to make it look real. Right. So I'm trying to make it look real, and she's kind of uncomfortable about right. it, right? You know. Right. But we got through it, and you never could tell. Right. That's all I wanted. Right. Right. Was, was to get it to play into the film. Right. That's all we want, right? right. You know, you at TE, one wrong block. Right. right. Right? I mean, y'all, you know, it ain't like the receivers out here, all the glory. Right. All is blocking. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you got to do it right, right? So I got it in there. And so they called me and said, hey, that is what happened. Wow. Yeah, and I didn't find out for that long. It was more than 15 years. That was about back in 2000. Right. So it's more than that long. Right. So I had saw that side, you know, and there's nothing you can do in certain circumstances as far as I'm concerned. Right. The way that I um, grew up and saw things. Right. You know, I made a, a, a good observation after trial by ass whipping. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. When emotions is high, common sense is at all time low. Yeah. Common sense is at all time low. And how low can you go? Right. You see what I mean? Yes. So knowing that fact and just sticking on to to what I learned Mm -hmm. when I was a little kid, you know, my 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 brother and sister being white and me being black wasn't a big deal to me until I found out I was black. I grew up in on Fort Collins, Colorado and Wyoming. Okay. Found in the trash, took it straight out there. And I thought we I was a brown one of whatever we were, because I saw litters. Right. So a black cat can have a white one, a brown one, a speckled one. I thought we were born like that. Right. And I'm a brown one of whatever we are. Right. Well, when we got to D.C., King had just got shot. There were riots. Right. And the black kids the next day were whipping our ass all day. And they were saying, get the white cracker and get the white cracker lover. This is the things I learned. Right. You know, and I was, I was going, this is stupid. So I went to my mother. I said, why are they attacking me seeing I like white crackers? I like graham crackers. <laughs> graham crackers, you don't got to have water with right. them or nothing. You just chew them, get you the apple juice, and you're good. White cracker, you be like Schwarzenegger in, in, in Total Recall. <laughs> you know? So, so, right. so I found that out, and then that's where the first time I heard the word nigga. You know? Okay? Because we moved to the suburbs. Then it was like, kill the nigga, and I'm five. I'm riding my bike, a whole truck of white boys. Barely getting in the door, people throwing stuff through the window. Right. Nigga this, nigga that. So I went to my mom and I said, Who are these niggas? We gotta stay away from. 
<laughs> you know? You're talking she, about you, God. Yeah, yeah. And um, she told me. She said, um, this is one of her speeches. Right. She told me, hey, that's what people our color call people your color when they don't like them. I said, what color are you? She said, we're white. I said, no, you're beige. Because I learned my colors from the crayons. Right. She said, no, but that's what we call ourselves. And so I said, well, what does nigga mean? She said, well, that's what, that's what I mean, what does what is white cracker mean? She said, um, that's what your, your people call our people when they don't like them. I said, well, what color are they? She said, they're black. I said, they're not, they're brown. Right. I'm a brown one. And like, mm, that's, that's, that's where my, my, my whole, uh, as a child, mm -hmm. that messed me up for a long time. Right. Because I couldn't believe that I was divided by my loved ones by the color. Right. And I always thought that that was stupid. Right. But it's real. Right. You know, it's mm -hmm. real. It's not really real. Right. Because I am right about the litters. Right. And I am right about us. Right. Because when we were in different civilizations in different colors, anytime we would come up on another civilization that was a different color, the girls would go, those guys look pretty hot. And the guys <laughs> would go, them girls look pretty hot. Right. And thusly, we start mixing. Right. It is the same thing. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. Take a DNA strand. Right. And you'll know. Right. That wasn't because we exchanged DNAs. Right. All right? You know, that's more like D and P's. Right. All right? <laughs> you just skip. I'm, I know. But I'm just, I'm talking to him. Right. No, I better stop. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so, but that, but that was, was the, the catalyst. And I think I found my purpose in all that. Right. You know, and that's why I feel comfortable. Um, um saying I'm her greatest accomplishment right. because I believe I was. Right. I think she did that on purpose. Right. You see J-Lo, she starts as a fly girl mm -hmm. and now she's one of the biggest stars. Oh, did, yeah. did you, did you, did you, could you project, could you see that Jim and Jamie and J-Lo and, and John Leguizamo, could you, could you foretell that they were going to be that? Yeah. Yeah, I could because, because, I know that anything is possible in that business if you're right. talented. Right. You know, but it's the, it's the other stuff mm -hmm. that has to line up. Right. It has to line up right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, there's, the, there's all these industries. There's publicity. Right. There's the agent industry. Right. There's a the management industry. Right. There's the studios. Mm -hmm. There's the networks. There's all this stuff that, you know, you got to do right. Line it up. And you got to do right. And the next step and the next step and the next step mm -hmm. to get to that point. Right. So it's possible to do. Right. You know, it's right. possible because you can navigate it. And you right. just, it's persistence and right. all that good stuff, right? Right. But I never knew that some of them would stop talking to me when they got to that point. Oh, man. See? So I never knew that because I was always curious. Right. You know, how you did it, man, right. I, I study, you know, like. So you had the numbers like, when you was on working on Living Color and then all of a sudden they become something else and now all of a sudden they do, mm -hmm. do, do. Yeah, the number you, you call is no longer no, insurgent. No, all, all of them, feel, all them but her. In, uh, all of them but her. I was like, you know. Oh. Um, um, I remember seeing her. Right. And this ain't no uh, J-Lo bashing because right. she's crazy, right. talented. Right. Come on. Right. Can't put nothing on her. And she's a great actress too. Right. You know, but, but um, we used to hang out with, with me, her, my ex. We used to go to dinner together. Right. You know, and I met her with Keenan at Strictly Business. Right. Because he brought her in my trailer while I was doing a movie. And I was like, what is that? Right. Right? Right. And then she showed up to be a fly girl and she worked her ass off. Right. She worked her ass off. She was every day. 
and she was messing around with scripts. I was like, this girl gonna be something and she was. So I saw her at the upfronts. Um, it was me and Danny DeVito. Mm -hmm. And he's like, there's, there's, there's Jennifer Lopez over there. You don't know her, right? I'm like, yeah, I know her. So I go over there and I'm like, what's up, girl? Shoot, man, you blew up. What, what is going on? She's like, hi. So what's going really? on? What's going on? Hey, you know, just living life, you know? Getting some little carrot dip. You know, I'm going, you know, what's in that carrot dip? You know, because she's your dip in my ass. You know what I mean? Right. And so, so that happened once. And then um, I was on a face break. I had to look around and see if anybody saw that. Right. You know? Did anybody just see her put a hatchet through my forehead? Right. I'm like, hey, you know? And so... Um, we had the same manager at the same time. So I just avoided her because you never know what someone's going through that right, day. Right, right, I could be misreading right, it. Right, right. You know, I always got to get the love. But, that, right. but that's from my profile. Right. From being the black and between the white right. and all that. So I'm needy in that right. way. I can admit that. Right. But I do love love. Right. Well, she might be, listen, you, you know? can only judge a person by the experience that you have, have with that person. Right. She might be She might mm -hmm. be a great person to to CJ right. and right. Hollywood right. and all my, my guy Jordan. Right. But your experience in that moment was right. not love, was not great. Right. And so I gave it some time and stuff, and I, I never blamed the person. Right. You know, I just try to try to work with myself. On right. That. You know, how could she hate you? You're right. You know, right. I had to work on that. And so she, we had the same um, manager at one time. Right. And she was doing a video up in, up in, um, in the block. Yeah. Jenny, 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 Jenny from the block. Block, 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 block. Right, yeah. that one. And so um, he said, why don't you go and visit her on the set, man? She would love to see you. And I was like, nah, that's all right. That's all right, man. Right. He's like, nah, man. Come on, man. This is you. Come on, man. I was like, nah, that's all right, man. Right. That's all right, because one time is enough right. for me. Right, You know, I don't got to steal another base. If, if it's... Wow, one and out. Hey, I'll get. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait till the next up, right? right? So I go down on the platform, and there she is, you know. Uh, and I tell you, the only thing that saved me, um, I walked down the platform, and she was looking at the at the at the screens mm -hmm. with all the rest of the dancers, right? You know, and um, Benny's all proud that he's standing with me, you know. Benny Medina, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he put the last name on that, okay? All right. Um, um, so <laughs> him, man, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 so I get down to the to the end of the thing, and I look at her, and Benny's going, "Come on, man, let her know you're here, man." I'm like, "Hi, right, man," and I go, "Jennifer, what's up?" And she goes, "Hey." So that was like the last, you know. I don't know how she's gonna be when I see her next, but the next time I saw her, I avoided her. Right. Cause I don't like feeling that way. Right. I don't want to be around anybody yeah. who makes me feel like not I'm I'm not I'm important. I'm less than because well, you gonna make me feel like I ain't important. You know, I, I worked at a hospital when I was 15, and everybody that worked there was black and were in the Korean War. Mm -hmm. All of them were veterans. You know, and they taught me everything. Right. They taught me everything about cooking, everything about life. You know, just imagine if right. they were like that to me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, imagine that. Right. You know, my math teacher, uh, uh, Miss Coleman, mm -hmm. Jewish woman, lived down the street from the elementary school. And I couldn't get my math right. She was like a substitute teacher. Mm -hmm. And she said, why don't you come over to my house? 
So I go over to the house after school and she would work with me on math and work with me on math and work. I was never that great in math, but I had more confidence about doing it. Right. So what would happen if she, hey. Right. You know, so I just remember those things. Right. And that's just me as an right. individual. That's all. That's just what makes the furnace in me run. Right. You know, and right. I delight in that. People come to me and say, man, you came to, you came to Afghanistan. And, and, and I, you look at this. This is the picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were at your show in Kansas City, man, and my grandmother came, man. You took some pictures of her and everything, right. man. She gone now, man, but let me tell I you appreciate something. appreciate that. That was one of her, her greatest moments. Right. The guy that's stopping by today for a conversation on the drink is one of my favorites. He's a multidimensional comedian, actor, author. In his bio, it says he's a Krispy Kreme connoisseur. Yeah. He's the rock stunt double. In the business for over 35 years, he's the mayor of comedy, the legend, the homie from Atlanta now. But if you really know, you know, you got Cascade Road, you got College Point, you got East Point, you got Doug, and then you got the Swats. But this man is from none of those. He's from the bluff. My homie, the big homie, Brew, Brew. What's up, player? How you doing, man? Man, I'm good. How you been? I'm going to be honest. I feel so sexy today. You feel sexy? Oh, my God. This is so sexy to me. What is it? Is it L.A.? I mean, leaving a, the A, coming to L.A, that's what makes you feel sexy? I just feel sexy, man. You know, like like when I used to strip. Let me tell you something. <laughs> when I was stripping, the reason I stopped, the church members came down so hard. They came on, on you? Oh, my. But they was at the show. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was getting it to them, though. You I was get, getting it to them. You getting it to them? I had a G-string the size of a jump rope. Let me tell you. <laughs> it, it was actually breathtaking because... When I put it on, it actually took my breath. But look, <laughs> I had fun doing it, man. You know what I'm saying? Def Comedy Jam, Showtime at Apollo. So what was the auditions like on that? Because you know, if you knock it out the park here. Oh, you know, Def Jam, you smooth sailing. You 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 rip it on Def Jam. You you in the air, man. Right. And I'm, I was so scared, man. Oh, my God, I was scared. Why were you so nervous? Because you had already done you. Let me, let me tell you why, Shannon. You know, like. We Southern boys, right. right? But when you get up north in New York, first thing like this country motherfucker. Yeah, they, they say that you know right. this country, and I like I say, look, wait, man, I, I, I'm country, but uh, let me do my thing. Right. I know when, I would never forget when I did the Apollo, and Steve Harvey was hosting, right? And um, I walked out, and Steve said, "I'm gonna let y'all know now, y'all better put your seatbelts on with this guy right here, because I'm letting you know he gonna let you have it." And I was known for like messing with the crowd, and right? Everything. And I came out there, and they're all this. He said, "Let's all this country mother." I want that. I killed him. I, I mean, after I rubbed that log, when I rubbed that log, when I came out, right? Yeah, you rubbed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me tell you. Steve came out. He said, "Uh huh, uh huh." See, y'all wasn't ready for him, right? Uh, but I, they, they gave me the respect. I had to earn it, right? But they automatically gave people from up north love, right? But if you say Birmingham, Atlanta, Florida, Tennessee, all oh, this country, man. And they got to understand, it's not like that in the South. People right. think we still living in red oh, clay mud. Yeah, you you driving a horse and buggy. Yeah, horse and buggy. Ha! You coming down. We're not doing People right. living in mansions in the South. But you know what, Bruce? You one of the few comedians. You chop it up with the, you chop it up with the, with the audience. You get on them. I have to, man. He, 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 he with you? You should have left him at home. Oh, that's right. You leave him now. Because one, one lady um got mad at me. I was in Greenville, South Carolina. I don't forget this. And she kept talking out loud. And the way this stage, it was, I was on the stage. stage was an oval shape. Right. And it was seats all the way around the stage. Right. And then it was the tables and stuff. But she kept talking out loud. So you could hear her while you were on stage. And, and so I ignored her. I'm doing my jokes. And I said, hey, can you, I said, can you hold it down? I said, I'll be up shortly. 
I said, how did you learn how to whisper in a helicopter? Like <laughs> she like, my husband don't talk to me like that. And um, I, she said something. She said, I called her a bitch, and I didn't. Because right. I don't do that to women. Right. I never, I, and I never use the N-word. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, I say, I call you a bitch. I say, if I did, I'm sorry. I said, but let me be the first to shake your hand. To call you a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I made it, I flipped it on her, yeah. but she kept talking. I kind of gave my crew the signal. I said, get out of here, because she just kept right. talking, and I had to just get out of there. But, I'm, like, I apologized, too. I said, I'm going to give you money back and everything, but this is what I want you to do. Don't ever come to a show again if you're going to do all that loud talking right. in front of me, because it's disrespectful. Right. You know, but it's good, man. I, I have fun. You mentioned Steve uh, when you went to the Apollo, and he was the host. Yeah. And Steve, I, I've talked, have a lot of comedians on, and everybody speak of this man in glowing terms of how he's helped them. Quake talked about how he said, look, Quake owned, uh, owned a comedy club. He had Steve Harvey and blah, 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 and the, the ticket sales weren't what they're supposed to be. Right. He said, Steve told him to give everybody their money back. This is what we're going to do in the morning. So they read on the radio show the next morning, brought everybody donuts and coffee, and they promoted the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, said the entertainer. Mm-hmm. Told us, hey, Steve got me on TV, said, I want this guy right here. He's a, he's a buddy of mine. Did ha, did Steve partake any wisdom? What what is what yes, does Steve meant mit, Yes, to sir. You? Yes, sir. Let me tell you. And Steve was straight up. I mean, it wasn't, it was straight, no chase. Yeah. And I never forget, I went to the Apollo and Steve said, This is what I want you to do. He said, When people come out and see you, give them something back. And he said, I want you to start dressing in suits. He said, You're a big dude. He said, You look good in suits. And and I had on some. Oh, Sean John sweatshirt. Yeah. He said, man, that stuff right there, good when you're traveling. Right. He said, you get on the plane, you go into another city. Right, right. You he can said, be comfortable. He said, but uh, on stage? He said, no. That's why I start wearing suits. Okay. And he took me up in his dressing room. He showed me the suits he had, the gaiters he had on the floor. Right. I said, well, I guess I can. And I was, I, I, I was, I'm like, I ain't gonna wear no suits on stage. You know what right. I'm saying? And uh, he said, just do it. And I kept listening to him, listen to him. And I did it, and it just changed my whole life. Right. And he and he always gave you uh, wisdom on how you should do, how you should dress, how you should handle yourself in public. Right. And Steve always kept good dudes around him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he got a bodyguard named Boomerang that's been with him yep. for years and yep. years and years. Yep. And Boom, like, hey man, just listen to what he got to say and everything. I said, I'm gonna do it. And when I did it, it just changed my whole life. Right. So I got to give big ups to Steve, man. You know, I call him Uncle Steve. And he knows what he's talking about. And it's proven f- facts now. Because right. Steve can really do more than that on Family Feud, but he can't do that much. Because some say his face will tell you everything he really want to say. You know what I'm saying? Because people say some stupid stuff on there. He'd he be like, what did he just say? But Family Feud had, have not been the same since Steve no. started hosting that right. show. Yeah. I look at the comedians, and it started way back. You look at Cosby. Uh, oh, did yeah. TV, you look at Red Fox, mm-hmm. you saw Pryor. You see all the top comedians do television set. Entertainer, D.L. D. Uh-huh. Hughley, Steve Harvey, a lot uh-huh. of them guys. What is it? Do you think your weight held you back? I think so. I, and that's a very good question. I think so. Because people think you can't do it. Yeah. But you have to, we have to prove ourselves. Right. Got to prove ourselves. It's like, it's like black people. We have to be overqualified. Right. To do a job. To get the marginal job. Right. And I think it have, and I think people are scared. Oh, I hope you don't fall out on stage. But what about the skinny people falling out on stage? Right. You know what I'm saying? But um, I'm going to create my own. Right. And I'm going to make it my own. Right. Because yeah. I saw you. I mean, you've been you've been uh, the wash. Oh, yeah. with, 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 
with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. And when I did that movie, let me tell you, I was so scared I didn't know that was my Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pot? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Pop. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. First movie. Didn't know what to do, but I wanted to be um, more agile in that movie. Right. When Snoop was like, let him do it. You know, I wanted to roll on the ground and, right. and like I was a super cop. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. But they kind of just, no, nah, we don't want to do that. But Snoop and Dre was like, let him right. do it, man. Let right. it be him. Right. But I was very nervous when I did that movie. And if I ever get a chance to do it again, I'm going right. to rip it. I'm going to rip it.
Are you afraid after what transpired a couple of years ago at the Oscars? Are you afraid about people running up on stage if you were to say something? Let me tell you something now, Shannon. Come on now. now I'm going to do you like you didn't. Come on. Come on now, Shannon. Come on. Come on. Come on. It, it wouldn't happen to a brother. Will Smith would have never ran up on Trick Daddy like that. If Trick Daddy was said the same thing, said the same, he did, he hesitated. Right. So you you don't run up on no food. Trick Daddy gonna let you have it. He could have ran up on me or you like that. Yeah. And and Chris Rock is my boy. I right. love him with all my but Chris heart. Buck Thirty. Yeah, I know. Oh, one twenty nine. Many a Buck Thirty when you put your clothes yeah. on. You know what I'm saying? But the, he took it and he kept it professional. Right. But I bet something in his mind was like. Right. You lost your in mind. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and Will, when Will slapped it, he went across. He didn't go like, pow. It, it was from the shoulders all the way to the floor. Yeah. And he wouldn't have did that to me because it would have been a fight in there. I'm going to tell you, I would have put him in, a, I would have put him in a sleep hole. And if I got that second win, he'd have went out. Nah. <laughs> went, you can't do a man like that. Right. He could have handled that in a better way. I believe so. And actually, I thought Will was coming up to joke with him. Right. The way it looked, it right. looked like he was going to come up and joke with him. Cause, and then, because uh, Chris said, here come Richard. Like that. You right. know, he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He thought he was joking as right. well. And Will whole cocked him. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he apologized later. but And I never met Will. Don't get me wrong. And all the thing I've heard about Will was great things. Right. I've heard great things about him. But when I saw that, woo, woo. Even the white people were like, oh, no. Right. We don't do that at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you lost a lot of money behind right. it. Right. Of course. He lost a lot of money right. behind it. But I'd have had to come out that suit player. You know, if I had right. to tuxedo on a. So you don't worry about it. So you don't worry about it anymore because, like I said, you do chop it up with the crowd. You yeah. will get on what people yeah. are wearing, what the, their hair look like, what the shoes look like. Yeah. So you don't worry about that. No, not at all. Not at all. Man. See? Chris Rock, the special. What'd you think about it? I like it, man. I, I I didn't like they cut out the part with Will. They showed it the very first time. Right. But then afterwards, they cut the part out with Will. They should let him tell the story. Right. It happened. It happened. The whole world. It's kind of it's kind of like kind of like they banned any books. Yeah. They don't want to tell the history. It happened. It happened. That's right. It happened. And because it, you cut it out, don't mean it didn't happen. I had a friend in Europe come and said, "Did did he just slap him?" Right. On stage, because they saw it first the time they were, right. he said, did he just I said, yeah, it just happened. Show it, let him talk about it. Right. And 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 I think Will'll come around. Right. I think he's gonna come around here right. and, and and apologize. When when you got a woman that don't that don't really like you, you got God, hold on. Time out, you're not the first man that said this. I'm on now. I don't think she does. I think What damn, how they gonna be married all these years? At some point in time, you I, get I, I think she liked the lifestyle. Now, who's she gonna marry with that much money? Oprah? Hey, Oprah ain't gonna have her. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I mean, and then she's 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 mean. Is she? I, well, I don't know anything about it, so I'm just. Well, taking... I don't know anything about it. I could just see it in her face. She, for her to sit there, see a real woman would have said, "Hey, don't don't get up and do that. Don't you miss this money? No, up. no, don't don't get up and do that. Yeah. Talk to him after the show. Right? She wanted him to go up and do that. You know what I'm saying? And he did it. And then he yells out, keep my wife's name. You should have been talking to your wife when she be messing with the young boy. Did I bring that up? I didn't mean to. Yeah, I said, you, you brought yes, that up. Yes, I did. Yeah, I brought you, it up. You, you, I, I a can of worms. Oh, oh he, he might send for you. Nah, he can't slap me, though. I'm telling you, I'll put him in the figure four. First, <laughs> I, I will Rick flat him. I hit him in the eyes. You know, Rick flat. <laughs> when he do that, I'm going to the figure four. I'm going to the fair. I'm <laughs> 
and the guy that's stopping by for conversation on the drink today is one of the most powerful figures in sports. He's a self-made super agent, founder, CEO of Clutch Sports. His agency represents over 200 athletes in multiple leagues. He's negotiated over $4 billion in contracts. He's an entrepreneur, a businessman, and he's from the east side of Cleveland to the top of the sports world. His newest memoir, Lucky Me, a memoir of changing the odds, Rich Paul. I was a pretty good athlete. I will say this, and laugh if you want to. I'm one of the best shooters, though, even still to this day. And I'd take my chance. If I was in the one of 450, I'd be at the top. It's guys like me, Steph, Clay. Clay who? Thompson. Who else is it going to be? Dang. Steph. Man, talk about he shoot like if you talking if you just talking shooting. This is the class I'm in. Y'all going down to the gun range? That kind of shooting? No. Or you man. talking about basketball into a rim? Trey, Darius Garland. I'm just talking about guys in the league right now that shoot the three really well. I oh, would I'm, be amongst. Oh no, I'm saying you. Oh, I would be amongst the. T- and, and, see, and, and, we was having a good. See, we was having a good old interview. I mean, it was going well. I really the story that you was telling because it's very similar to no, mine. I'm just saying, but. I'm talking about in terms of, I didn't say dribbling, playing, I said shooting. That's all I said. The mere fact that you put in yourself, Rich. You well, put, if you're talking legends, you got to throw Reggie in there and Ray. It's all of us. Well, I'm, that's, in there. My point is, you putting yourself in that group, that, I ain't got no problem with the names you mentioned. It's just the fact that your name is in there. In terms of shooting. I don't care what it is. Well, yeah, you I, probably feel, got, I, feel, I feel good about it. And I ain't drinking, I'm not drinking no yak, I'm drinking water. I, no, you should have drank some more because you, you used too sober to be saying something like that. I need a reason why you said some bullshit like that. I'm sorry. Why were you saying some police like that? Well, I'm just telling the truth. I, I Put it this way. You know, when two men got a discrepancy, what's the next word? Ben. Exactly. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Okay. That's the only way for you to find out. I want you to tell the people what you told us before we came on here. I said, you play sports, you like, you know, we'll get into that. So, yeah, I'm football. I can run some routes. Go ahead. Yeah, I was a good route runner. I played every position, man, but I'm not saying I was the best because I was. I'm the first to say to you, no, I was not the best on my team. I wasn't the best on any team I ever played on. But you know what I was great at? Leadership, having perspective. Okay. okay. I- right? Corralling the guys, helping them understand the moment. What needs to take place? My practice habits. I'm leading the leading the, the team when we run in the laps. Cause I, I want I, I can respect that. Because yeah. I was expecting you to come out here and say, yeah, man, I, I could have, if, if I'd have grew like another five or six no, inches, I no. probably could have played the NFL. No, we don't do no, but one thing about it, you got, we don't do no bunch of lying. <laughs> we don't do no bunch of lying. Ain't no need to be getting on here talking about no lying. Because <laughs> all somebody going to do is pull up the tape. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't need you to do none of that. No. Right. I can't change the color of my skin. And as tough as it is with the industry, we make it even tougher on ourselves because there's still a competition. And don't get me wrong, when, you, when you're going out and recruiting clients, yeah, you're competitive. So, but there's a- But you're not speaking ill. You're not speaking negatively on no, someone. and that's the thing. To yeah. the best- to the- no. So the, the best man, win, best Absolutely. man, woman win the job. Yes, yes. So I'm not, but I'm not gonna say, oh, this person is this, that person is that, to try to conjure up so the 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 the, the athlete feels some type of way. Yeah, yeah. You, hey, this I'm is what I can that, provide. Man. 
this is what I believe. I'm the best man for the job, the, yeah. my agency, and I think we can do the best job for the, you moving forward. And that's the point I was making when we talked about it when we when we did first take. The point I was making was, of course, I didn't expect white agents to help to try to help me. That, right. that, didn't, that wasn't even an expectation, right? Right. But coming from where I came from, the game was given by the older guys, right? Whether you decided to digested or not was on you but i can't sit here and say that my coattail wasn't pulled to certain things to help me get through the day get through the, the month get through the year of survival so that's all i know i only i, I got to give that back when i started that wasn't the case and i seen people online like oh well you didn't say that i'm like you're missing the point right did you reach out did you i, I mean I don't need to call any names, but did you reach out to any agent? Uh, uh, any? When I first started the business, I talked to everybody because I wanted to understand why are things the way they are. And what I came to understand is ain't no different in the block. Every man for themselves. That's just, that's just, that 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 has been placed upon us from a thought process. But what happens is when you create those that psychology. It stunts the growth. It stunts the communication habits. It stunts. I should have came up under something that was already built. Right. That's normally how it happens. Agency, they normally come up in a big agency and then they branch out on their own. I you started differently. I you started, started out on your own. I started differently. I, I started at a place, but I don't even count that because there was no education there. Right. There was no there was no plan for me to become who I am today. But what I started to realize is. Oh, you, you know, we work in a small industry, so things get back. Yes. The only difference is the kid on the cover of that book in that environment, when things get back, oh, we had him. We pulling up. You get what I'm saying? In this industry, when someone goes and 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 speaks about you speaks in a very de derogatory way for two hours, ain't that much to say. Now. The business is the business. Competition is in all business. But when you make it personal, that's a different dynamic. Mm -hmm. Like Prime said, you made it personal. Right. But, but we couldn't do that. I, I, you know, I, it's not in me. I couldn't be trying to talk to a girl and mention Shannon. We don't, that's no that, go that, where I'm from. No we, don't, we don't do that. And so, but I'm in this game where I left a game that was being played with no rules and no rest. But you understand that. Yes. But in the corporate setting, it really ain't no, it, there's rules, but the refs are assigned to the establishment in a lot of cases. I had to learn that. I had to learn narratives. I had to learn how media works. I had to learn all these things. And I also had to learn that the smiles is not really the smiles, but I was used to that because I came from that. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was prepared thoroughly for the position I'm in today. It's just that it's hard for me to respect it. That's all. I'm going to get you out of here on this one. And you're the closest to the story, so you would know. What is with the vitriol of the older players towards LeBron? It seems like, and it seems like a lot of the old players don't want to give these younger, this younger generation the credit that they deserve. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of the ire is pointed at 23. Why well, do you think that is? It's really corny to me. Oh, absolutely. And I, like I said, you know, and when you out there, you deal with certain things. It's 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 layered, in my opinion. You got to remember when LeBron came in, a lot of guys were still in their prime. 
and all the attention turned to him. In 2000, since to, all the attention, boom, $100 million contract, real $100 million, not that fluff that be going out today. I'm talking about a $100 million contract. Never dribbled NBA basketball in the NBA. They ain't never seen nothing like that. You know, Jay-Z sending a private jet when he's sitting in high school. We going up to New York every weekend, every other weekend, whatever, when you could, you know right. what I'm saying? All these things, they wasn't. And so quite naturally in the neighborhood, you develop what? An envy. It's, it's, it's much easier for you to be like, man, that's some cold, man. That's some, that's player. That's real player, man. I appreciate that. I'm, a pr I'm proud of you. That's the hardest thing to do. The easiest thing to do is what they do. Ah, this, you know, you have. And then now when you give that to a media platform, and now it's even trickling down to some of the younger players. Mm -hmm. You just, they purposely don't say his name in things. Oh, I played this because of these people. But again, if you, everybody didn't always had a mama mentality. The mama mentality came after Kobe was really done. Then all of a sudden, everybody had the right. mama mentality. Because the mama but, mentality, everybody frowned upon it because yeah. they say he was ball hog. Yeah, but when he was playing, because I was there, we said, when, he wasn't hanging out with none of these guys. You, know, you get what I'm saying? I do. But it, I'm not surprised because I come from it. I wish it was different, but I'm not surprised because I come from it. But what impresses me more is that guy don't do unto those what they do to him. His door's always been open. Every time you see somebody, man, what's up? Show love, et cetera. Even when there's just Is he too nice? Because too, too nice. Because Jordan, because Jordan gave the players, he played it with it, but he yeah. like, I ain't fooling with y'all. Kobe really didn't fool with it. But you got to understand some familiarity breed disrespect, and I tell him that sometimes. They can walk past somebody and don't even speak that make that person want to speak to you more. If you speak to that person every time, mm. it becomes, and that's that's the treatment that he gets right. sometimes. You get what I'm saying? They get on Draymond for being his friend. It's craziness, right? Right. It, but 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 again, this is this is not about. That's not a athlete thing. That's a people thing, and that's why I said what I said when we were talking on first take. We have to break those sites. I'm not going to do unto those others as they've done to me. That's not just not what I come from because you don't want those habits created. So is the Jordan LeBron debate ever going to end? It ain't going to end, but Brown's a goat. Jordan a goat, but Brown's a goat. One guy, Steph go, Curry one changed guy, the game. One, one, one guy got gold horns, the other guy got platinum horns? Yeah. Mike got a little platinum in his, but it's like platinum and gold. And then Brown's all platinum. Lucky me, a yeah. memoir of changing the odds. Rich Paul. Yeah. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? 
We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Dow of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Dial of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.